I'm Dane Elliott with Elliott Ranches in Pawnee, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello Texas, an old year is gone, a new one is here. But never fear, we'll be right here every weekday for you. So jump on in with me, buckle up, and let's take that ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, one of the biggest stories we covered for 2021 was improving price discovery in the cattle market. So was any progress actually made? We'll take a look at that question as we kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. New ways to conserve water are always a topic of interest for ag producers in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about some upcoming opportunities to learn about mobile drip irrigation. Dairy cow transition time can be a challenging time for dairy producers, but a new product will help in that process. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Even though we have been fairly warm as winter begins, we could still see snow and ice this season. Many may be concerned about whether or not their warm season forages would survive severe winter weather. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Improving cattle market price discovery was a big topic of discussion in 2021, but was anything actually accomplished? Chelsea Good, Vice President of Government and Industry Affairs at the Livestock Marketing Association, says positive developments came out of a cattle industry meeting back in May. Coming out of that meeting in May, there was a joint statement that talked about things like increasing packing capacity and um, creating a base price report, which is something that USDA has since done. Also creating a cattle contract library, so a, a place where you wouldn't know whose deals they are, it'd be anonymized, but you know summaries of contracts between the feeder and the packer would be available and people could see that information and maybe use that information when they're making their own deals. Those are all positive things that we think would add just a little bit more transparency into fed cattle pricing. Several legislative proposals are still floating around in Washington, D.C., but there's no indication yet on the possibility of them becoming law. Texas farmers can expect higher prices for inputs to continue well into the 2022 growing season. Farmers will continue to pay more for fertilizer and pesticides in the new year. Kyle Marushka, a branch manager for Helena and Taylor and Mumford, says shortages and other factors have driven prices higher. Glyphosate, just Roundup in general, was anywhere from $23. It's going to be closer to 60 or 70 so it's tripled. Fertilizer's more than doubled. Most of the other chemistries are going to be up 10 to 15% because of the shortages. 
Marushka encourages farmers to work with their chemical salesperson several weeks in advance to discuss their options for the upcoming crop as some chemistries may not be available. I'm being told December, January, we're going to get anywhere from 60 to 85 percent our allotment that we sold the year before. I'm looking at other molecules, other chemistries to get the same job done. It's going to be a very expensive crop to put in. So we're all praying the commodity market stays strong to help these guys. That was Kyle Marushka for Helena. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. A new farm bill, taxes, regulations, and supply chain issues all top the American Farm Bureau's list of 2022 priorities. Congress should start farm bill talks in the new year, but AFBF's Sam Kiefer says there are other priorities as well. Making sure that uh, the, the tax code remains favorable uh, and workable for farm and rural families. We're also going to be looking at uh, sustainability efforts as the Congress and the administration look to you know, focus on greenhouse gases and carbon markets. We want to make sure that farmers have a seat at the table. AFBF's Sam Kiefer. New ways to conserve water are always a topic of interest to farmers on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt tells us about some upcoming opportunities to learn more about mobile drip irrigation. There will be eight Pioneer Crop Production Clinics conducted in our area in January. Dates and locations for the first week of clinics are January 10th at the Rita Blanca Coliseum in Dalhart, January 11th at the Moore County Community Building in Dumas, January 12th at the Sherman County Barn in Stratford, and January 13th at the Hansford County Barn in Spearman. Each of those programs will run from 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., along with topics like the market outlook for the new year and strategies for dealing with input cost and availability issues. Russell French of Pioneer Hybrid says a new approach to water efficiency will also be covered. I've got the people from Dragon Line. Uh, they're a company up in southwest Kansas that do the mobile drip tape where we convert a center pivot and we drag hoses through the field, plant it in a circle, a hose in between with emitters out. Uh, it's pretty exciting technology. There's been a lot of good research done at Kansas State University up there in southwest Kansas on this type of technology and water savings and still getting good crop yields. There's a few people doing it uh, here in the Texas Panhandle, and I think more people will be interested in doing something like this once they learn more about it. Those Pioneer Clinics are all free, and several CEUs will be available for those who participate. We'll give you more information about the second week of Pioneer Crop Production Clinics in a later report, But we can tell you those programs will be taking place January 18th in Panhandle, January 19th in Hereford, January 20th in Muleshoe, and January 21st in Plainview. Pioneer doing a very good job of making sure those clinics are well distributed throughout the Texas High Plains region. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Dairy cow transition time can be challenging for dairy producers, but Tom Nicoletti has some information on a new product that can help make it easier. My guest today is Dr. John Davidson with Boehringer Ingelheim Animal Health. He is Senior Associate Director of Cattle Professional Services. And Dr. Davidson, uh, let's talk about a new product that you folks have uh, developed that will help uh, dairy producers when it comes to uh, transitioning their cows. Tom, uh, happy to talk to you about Bovacalc Dry today. We know that the, the most challenging time in uh, that dairy cow production is that transitioning time, taking her out of the milking string and preparing her for the next freshening and, and lactation cycle. That, that's where we see uh, mastitis challenges and, and, uh, and cow comfort is also a concern. 
the benefit of bovacalc dry is a, a, this two bolus protocol shifts the metabolism in that lactating cow, reduces her dry matter intake, and, and, and subsequently will reduce the, the milk production to levels that will allow her to transition more smoothly. It fits uh, very nicely into our overall approach of, of cattle first at Beringer Ingelheim. Uh, ultimately, we want to minimize the uh, incidence of mast- mastitis that occurs. When we do that, we're minimizing the, the need to treat cattle and we're reducing. We're doing our part overall to reduce the, uh, Im- the re- reliance on mastitis tubes and, and uh, the impact on that animal. But individually, you treat that female. Uh, we have a, a great way now to uh, reduce the dry matter intake, cut back on her milk production, makes that transition period more comfortable for that cow. And ultimately that that is uh, one of our aims is to help producers be more effective and more efficient. That is Dr. John Davidson with Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The winter has given us a lot of warm weather so far, but that is now over. Forage specialist Dr. Vanessa Olson says warm season grasses can be susceptible to winter kill in the right conditions. As a warm season grass, Bermuda grass can be sensitive to winter damage in spite of dramatic genetic improvement to cold tolerance. Winter kill can be caused by a combination of factors. Winter kill is dependent on moisture, low temperature, and the duration of low temperatures. Low temperatures can be damaging when it occurs late in the winter or early spring and lasts up to a week to 10 days. Areas most susceptible to winter kill include north-facing slope, heavily shaded areas, poorly drained areas, areas planted with poorly adapted cultivars, areas trafficked during winter, areas of substantial full compaction, areas that were newly sprigged or seeded last summer, and locations with deficient levels of soil potassium. To reduce the risk of winter kill, it is critical to follow best management practices during the growing season. Those practices would include maintaining appropriate soil fertility, especially potassium levels for Bermuda grass. Potassium is essential in plants to combat diseases, aid in water use and efficiency, and for winter hardiness. Deficiencies in potassium can cause both yield losses and stand losses. Bermuda grass is especially sensitive to potassium deficiencies. Maintaining some substantial Bermuda grass stubble height going into winter can be beneficial for the future growing season. Higher stubble height means more substantial root structure to capture deeper soil moisture and nutrients. Maintaining a higher stubble height generally results in increased loading of rhizomes reserves and increases canopy insulation of crowns during the winter. Using best management practices that encourage healthy stands better nutrient utilization along with grazing management and hay production practices that extend the longevity of the stand is the producer's best line of defense. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson in Overton for Texas Ag Today. U.S. Fish and Wildlife expanded public access for hunting, fishing, and wildlife habitat in Texas in 2021. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And obesity is a major concern in dogs and cats. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. 
Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Obesity is a major concern in dogs and cats. Dr. Bob Judd says it isn't just the extra weight, but the inflammation that it causes. Obesity is out of control in our country as over 40% of human adults over 20 years of age are obese. And obesity is even more common in our pets than humans, as probably 75% of the dogs and 50% of the cats that come to our clinic are obese. There are many causes of obesity in our pets, and some are due to metabolic disease. However, 90% of the overweight animals are simply being fed too much food and the incorrect type of food. Many cats are free-fed, and some owners just leave the bowl full so the cat does not yowl for more food. Lots of dogs are overweight, not because of their dog food, but because of human food they are given and treats that are high in calories. We have a lot of clients that say they only feed a small bite infrequently, but that small bite can contain a lot of calories, especially for a small dog. Your veterinarian is not wanting to make you feel bad by saying your pet is overweight, but our concern is your pet's health. Cats commonly develop diabetes when overweight, and the extra weight makes dogs and cats have a much harder time with arthritis when they are older if they are overweight. Another issue is that fat tissue has been shown to not just be static, but actually drives inflammation and can affect the animal's hormone system. Obesity is a disease in and of itself and not just fat cells on the body. Getting your pet to lose weight is not easy and requires a major commitment. Ask your veterinarian for the number of calories your pet can eat daily for weight loss to occur and stick to that. We have weight loss foods that are effective if the pet only eats a prescribed amount of food and no table scraps or treats. This is Texas Vet News. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. U.S. Fish and Wildlife expanded public access for hunting, fishing, and wildlife habitat here in Texas in 2021. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. In an effort to expand and conserve wildlife habitat across the state, while also providing recreational opportunities, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service added nearly 7,000 acres of public land to the National Wildlife Refuge System in Texas over the past year. That means nearly 700,000 acres of land at 19 wildlife refuges and three national fish hatcheries are now managed by Fish and Wildlife. Amy Letters, the service's Southwest Regional Director, said these public lands offer access to a host of popular activities like hiking, hunting, and fishing, while also providing vital habitat for thousands of wildlife species. More than 4,900 acres were added to the Laguna Atascosa National Wildlife Refuge. It will provide opportunities for hunters for migratory birds, waterfowl, and big game species like white-tailed deer. More than 300 acres were added to the Balcony Canyonlands National Wildlife Refuge in Travis County. That is prime golden-cheeked warbler and black-capped vireo habitat. 
More than 1,500 acres were added to the lower Rio Grande Valley NWR in 2021, including a salt dome lake with cultural and historical significance. 270 acres was added to the Anahuac National Wildlife Refuge to provide wintering, migrating, and nesting habitat for native and migrating birds. And 96 acres were added at the Neches River NWR adjacent to the Neches River. The addition will mean increased recreational access for activities like canoeing. FWS said the acquisitions were made possible thanks to nonprofit and private partners and some federal funding. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We wrapped up the final trading day of the year Friday with live cattle closing lower, feeder cattle higher, and a mostly lower close in the grain markets. We'll update all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We had our final trading session of 2021 on Friday, and we wrapped up the markets with a mixed cattle complex, live cattle finishing the day lower, while feeder cattle moved higher. December live cattle going off the board 15 cents lower, 138.90. February down 27 at 139.70. April live cattle down a nickel to finish the year at 144.82. Feeder cattle higher January up 55 cents, 166.87. March feeders up 95, 169.95, while April feeder cattle were up 90 cents to close out at 172.75. Cash-fed cattle trade for the week wrapping up here in Texas, selling cattle as high as 138 on a live basis. Texas cattle feeders reporting a total volume of 3,545 head for the week. We saw higher prices when you look up north. Most live sales at 140 to 141 in Nebraska and Iowa, but Iowa did report a top price of 145. Boxed beef lower on Friday. Choice down 45 cents, 265.26. Select up $1.14 at 258.23. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear Auctioneer Troy sound off, it's time to talk to Josh Tilkey about his Saturday before the Christmas holiday sale there in Carn City. Josh, how'd it go? Well, last Saturday we had a short one uh, on the 18th of December, just before Christmas. We had 320 cattle. Market was very strong on the calves and, and, and very heavy to high on these replacement cattle. Good. You want to walk the pens, give us some prices? 
Here's two to three weight. Winner we left off 165 to 190. Three to four, 145 to 185. Four to five with an in buck, 50 to 172. Five distance 140 to 168. Six to seven is off 32 to 155. Pepper mates two to three, 140 to one. Three to four is 140 to 158. Four to five is 135 to 146. Five to six is buck 30 to 145. Six to seven is a dollar and a quarter to 140. Older bull year runs a buck and a quarter to 135. Bread cows 1200 to 13 and a quarter. Paired cattle 1150. 50 on up to 13 and a half. Number one yielding Packer cows 61 to 77. Number two 36 to 51. Packer bulls 88 to 96. Had another 240 sheep goats on hand. Probably could have doubled that and we still would have had a good market for them. Those continued to uh, bring all the money in the world coming into these holidays. When is our next sale, Josh? Well, we're close another week. Uh, we do want to just wish everybody a happy new year. Thank you for your business and uh, have a safe holiday. But we will not be open again until January the 8th. will be our first sale back. Give us the contact info, please. If you need to get on our books for that day, give us a call, 830-780-3382 or on the cell phone, 830-3382. Josh, and the motto down there? Cowboys, I appreciate you. And Josh, we appreciate you. And Texas neighbors, we appreciate you even more. Thanks for listening to Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Happy New Year. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs finished the year lower. February hogs dropped a dollar twenty-two, eighty-one forty-seven. The April down a dollar ten, eighty-six seventy-two. Class three milk slightly lower. January milk down eight cents, twenty ten a hundredweight. The cotton market closed mixed. The nearby's lower. The new crop contracts higher. Those nearby contracts getting pressure from speculators booking out some profit at the end of the year after that big run-up we did see in prices last week. Also seeing some producers selling last week, taking advantage of those higher prices. So all of that putting pressure on the nearby March. It was down 174 points to close at 112.26. The May down 96 cents at 110.48, while new crop December was up 36 points, closing at 92.65 cents. A lower close for the year in the grain markets, both corn and wheat finishing lower on Friday. March corn down two and three quarters, 593 and a quarter. New crop September down a quarter penny, 562 and three quarters. Both hard and soft wheat moving lower Friday. July Kansas City wheat down nine and a half, 797 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down nine and three quarters, 764 and a half. In the energy markets, February natural gas was up 20 cents, 376. February crude oil down $1.54, 75.45 a barrel. The financial markets narrowly mixed on Friday afternoon. The Dow up only 40 points, 36,438. The Nasdaq down 47 at 15,694. The S&P up one point at 4,780. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.